Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Stand up for your country. So I'm trying to watch the Trump coverage last night on the cable news. I mean, network news, forget it. I mean, they're not going to give you anything at 6, 630, whenever it comes on in your neighborhood. I don't bother with that anymore. But, you know, the cable got three, four hours prime time. And I had to turn it off. It was just... I didn't learn anything. It was so predictable. The left-wingers say this, the right-wingers say that. All right. So now I'm going to give you information you will get nowhere else. All right? I promise you. And the information is very, very important to the country. All right? And it has to do with using the criminal justice system to prosecute presidential candidates. All right? That's the highest level. And that's where we are now. We're at the highest level of possible corruption in this country. Didn't get any higher than this. Even if President Biden took money from his son and brother, it's not worse. That's not worse than using the justice system to eliminate a viable presidential candidate. I think you'd all agree with that. 
All right, so we are at the apex of this, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So we're going back to 1800, the year 1800. Thomas Jefferson elected president, okay? And uh, Aaron Burr is the vice president. Now, they didn't run on the same ticket. Back then, the states were responsible for voting for president. Didn't have a popular vote, had no way to tabulate it. So Jefferson and Burr, I mean, they didn't really like each other or from opposing parties. And Jefferson really had suspicions about Burr, who eventually exposed himself as one of the great American scoundrels of all time. Fast forward to 1804, Jefferson runs for president again. He fires Burr, okay, because he loathed him by that point, all right, and he puts New York Governor George Clinton as VP. Jefferson wins. Burr then vanishes out west and concocts a scheme to seize land west of the Appalachians, west of the Mississippi. Much of that land was under control of Spain, which ran Mexico. I know it's getting a little confusing now, but there was no Central American authority at that point in history west of the Appalachian Mountains. Burr wanted to set up his own government with him as a dictator. Jefferson immediately said, Burr is committing treason. Publicly said it. President of the United States, treason. My former vice president is treasonous. Trying to do this. So Burr is arrested. All right. And he's tried in a federal court in Virginia for treason. Now, in the meantime, Burr had assassinated, maybe that's the wrong word, Alexander Hamilton in a duel in Weehawken, New Jersey, which overlooks Manhattan. All right, that became before this treason stuff. But Burr was widely loathed by everybody. Enter the judge of the treason trial, John Marshall. Does that name ring a bell? First Supreme Court Justice, John Marshall, presides over the treason trial in Virginia that is accusing Aaron Burr. Now, Burr were found guilty. Jefferson wanted him executed. That wouldn't have happened. They probably would have um, banished him or deported him or something. I don't think they would have hung him, but they might have. They could have. So Marshall and Thomas Jefferson were cousins. You didn't know that, did you? I didn't know that, but I've been researching this like crazy. They did not like each other. Now, Jefferson was not a real likable guy. Marshall was a very smart guy. Anyway, Marshall directs the trial to acquit Aaron Burr. He's the big guy in the courtroom, Marshall. And the jury goes along with it. Aaron Burr is found not guilty. Jefferson goes wild. Now, some historians, the shallow ones, said that Marshall directed the trial to get Burr off because he hated Jefferson. That's not true. Marshall was so smart, and if you read anything about him, if you look at his record, if you look at his life, this is a brilliant guy. He knew that if Thomas Jefferson 
could put a noose around Aaron Burr's neck that any politician could be in the same situation. Carrying on. He knew. Because the evidence against Burr was overwhelming. Burr did it. But the witnesses were flimsy, and it was Jefferson driving this train. So Marshall said, no, not going to give political parties or one or two men the power to eliminate political opposition through the justice system. Nobody knows this, but this is the key to the Trump situation. All right. Now, this is why you watch and listen to me. You find us nowhere else. So we fast forward now into 2023. I, your humble correspondent, are th- am thoroughly convinced the charges against Donald Trump in total are politically motivated. Okay? I have studied them. I know that in New York City, the District Attorney Alvin Bragg would not have prosecuted this Stormy Daniel case for anybody else. Here in New York City, heavyweight drug dealers don't get prosecuted. Criminals found with loaded weapons on their person don't get prosecuted. Because Bragg doesn't believe in incarceration. So this Stormy Daniels thing, never. And Bragg has not even said what the federal law violation is after all of this time. So that is totally bogus. That goes out the window, politically motivated. The January 6th stuff by the special counsel, Smith, is theoretical. Trump knew the election was legit, but lied about it to keep power. I don't believe that for a second, and I don't believe Smith can prove that. Particularly if Mike Pence said in court, What he said on television, he goes, White House didn't tell me to do anything unlawful. I heard all this from the media. Now, Trump wanted Pence to delay the electoral count, no doubt. Because Trump was told by his attorney, John Eastman, that was constitutional. That'll be presented in court. So Smith's accusation that Trump knew he lost the election but lied about it, is flimsy to say the least. And most prosecutors never would have brought that case. Unless he's got something that we haven't seen, and maybe he does. All right? Ma-a-lago, Trump did it. If you read my message of the day, I don't understand this to this day. Just send the Blinken documents back to the National Archives. What do you care? I don't get it. He did it. Now, you'll go, what about Biden? What about when they confronted Biden? Biden said, take anything you want back. All right. But Obama had him, but Obama didn't resist. Obama didn't resist. Trump resisted. Why? So that case has got to stand. It's already brought. Supreme Court's not going to throw it out. And the Georgia thing is just insane. If you read that indictment, it's 19 people. It's, again, theoretical, totally theoretical. We need to find 11,000 what votes. Fine. What does that mean? There's reasonable doubt about what that sentence means. And Fannie Willis 
waited two and a half years to file that because that was the Democratic strategy. Hit him here, hit him there, hit him there, and hit him here. That's political. So John Marshall, if he were the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court today, would know all this. And John Roberts does as well as do the other eight Supreme Court justices. They know this is politically driven. That's not to exonerate Donald Trump. I'm not exonerating him. He handled it poorly a number of ways. All right, he did. If you're going to tell me he didn't, then I don't think you're in the real world, although I respect your opinion. I'm not going to denigrate you for holding an opinion that Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong or whatever. You're entitled to your opinion. But the facts show he could have easily handled this in another way and avoided all this grief for him and the Republican Party. That's why I say in a message, and I hope everybody reads it on BillOReilly.com. All right, so summing up. Trump has to get a constitutional attorney, the best in the world. So maybe there's somebody living abroad. Has to do that. He's got to get these cases in front of the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court would pretty much do what John Marshall did with Jefferson Burr. Say, this is politically motivated. These charges are flimsy. Can't do it with Mar-a-Lago, so I would plea that. Trump, don't think he's ever going to plea out, but I would. If I were him, I'd say, I made a mistake. I should have acted quicker. I had no malice. I didn't do anything to hurt national security, which he didn't. This is all about him not following the rules. And he didn't. So if you can get that out, then the Supreme Court can come in and say, You know, this is unconstitutional in a variety of ways, but you need a very smart attorney to present that case. All right. You got any questions at all? Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. We will uh, put aside some space tomorrow, some time and space to answer any of your questions about this week. And that is the memo. Now, as I said last night, I was unwatchable. I'll just give you two brief examples. You know what I'm saying is right. Um... Insanely, MSNBC is beating Fox News. I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime um, about all of this Trump stuff. I I mean, I've never, ever, ever thought I would see this. And I worked, as you guys know, for more than 20 years. They never approached coming close to beating me or us. But now when Fox News weakened state, MSNBC gets more viewers. It's just, I sit here, what? going on. Because that hour is absolute lowest. Don't get worse than that. Never seen it in our history. All right, here's the first soundbite, CNN, another troubled network. Go. I just say for the record, when you listen to that phone call asking for those 11,780 votes, it sounds an awful lot like Mafia. Well, I'll say yeah, something. I mean, and just, and that is for a jury, a kind of crystal clear piece of evidence. <laughs> I've represented gangsters. They're a lot more vague than that. on the <laughs> OK, so that's absurd. I mean, uh, mafia, mafia, what? You know, I, it's just that's a kind of bilge, B-I-L-G-E, that uh, they're putting out there. It's insane. 
All right, here's another soundbite, go. And what we saw was an indictment come out before the grand jury uh, even had a chance to vote. That's un-American, it's improper, and it's obvious, for lack of a better word. So um, I'm hoping the American people get it at this point. Okay, so if you're going to bring on, and you have to, to some extent, uh, the attorney representing Donald Trump, you got to challenge that attorney. Now, in that case, I picked that soundbite because she's right. I mean, the fix was in Atlanta two and a half years ago. This is no surprise to anybody. Willis was going to do this. Bragg in New York was going to do it because now they're stars in the progressive movement. That's what they wanted to be. But uh, we're not learning anything here. Spring is the perfect time to make smart financial moves like getting life insurance to protect your family. Did you know that 46% of Americans expect to leave behind debt? Policy genius life insurance can cover those debts like mortgages, credit cards, car loans, college costs. In our Smart Life segment, understand that life insurance gets pricier with age and work coverage may fall short. Policy Genius simplifies by comparing quotes from top companies and ensuring unbiased advice. Their award-winning agents are ready to assist. So don't wait. Spring into action and secure your family's future. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 a year for $1 million of coverage. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes. That's policygenius.com. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. All right, let's bring in Brett Tomlin, who's a smart guy. You know him. We've used him many times, former prosecutor, federal level in Utah, comes to us from Salt Lake City. So I assume you went into public service uh, to law school and everything and worked hard to uh, bring justice to the people of Utah and the United States. I assume that's what motivated you. It could have made a lot more money in the private sector, correct? That's correct. Okay. So now... In my opinion, uh, the justice system has been um, co-opted by politicians who are trying to destroy each other using the justice system, and at this point succeeding. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And, you know, I had a conversation with a former U.S. attorney friend of mine, a great, great gentleman out of Texas. We're politically on opposite sides. And he confided in me that, um, you know, he never thought he would see the day in which the Department of Justice was so outwardly uh, political and making decisions that, 
you know, on a, on his very face, just the uh, the cases against Trump. He he can't stand Donald Trump, but he looks at these cases and says, "I never thought in my lifetime I'd see these kinds of cases being brought by the Department of Justice." And he said he doesn't agree with it. And he thinks it it's the beginning of a chapter in which the Department of Justice uh, does this uh, routinely. And you concur with that analysis? I do, although I'm still hopeful. I'm hopeful that somebody in charge of the the Justice Department who cleans house and and who has some thoughtfulness. You know, I listened to your your introduction on John Marshall. I didn't know that they were cousins, but it reminded me of of what we need in the Department of Justice. Someone that has vision and thoughtfulness and understands, you know, the larger picture of, of the purpose of the Department of Justice and the danger of, of utilizing it politically. Now, Jack Smith, uh, the special prosecutor, doesn't seem to be that man, in my opinion. I, I think he's doing what he's told to do. Am I wrong? No, I think he is exactly the man that Merrick Garland knew he would be able to task with um, coordinating. And I say coordinating because it is pretty apparent that there's a coordination and it's twofold. It's a coordination with state prosecutors and then a coordination on on protecting the Biden family. And that's their twofold mission. And I think Jack Smith is the perfect guy to to run one side of it. Yeah, he's not, Jack Smith's not involved with the Bidens at all. Um, and I don't want to do the whataboutism here today. I'm, I'm going to handle Biden as uh, developments break. Um, but back to this uh, Trump prosecution, would you cede that Donald Trump handled some of these things poorly. Yeah, I, I would see that uh, Donald Trump would be an absolute nightmare client um, in, in, in a lot of ways. And and that is, you know, he he is on a mission himself. Um, but yet I back up, Bill, and I think about the founders of our Constitution. And one thing they, they definitely consciously did, they, they did not Pre prohibit an individual running for president of the United States with a felony. I think they did that knowing that there could be, a, you know, an effort by those in political power to eliminate political opponents uh, utilizing the criminal law. And and so, you know, larger picture, I don't blame him for fighting as hard as he is fighting. I think you're right that there should be some thoughtfulness in his response to to the each each individual case, and some are stronger than others. But that fight is worth it, and who knows? He may be he may be running for president, and may win uh, with a felony. Yeah, and then people uh, don't understand that Donald Trump, as a former president, would never be sentenced to prison. That would not happen. If he were convicted, say in Georgia, where there's a mandatory jail sentence, um, he would be in home confinement or some situation like that. But it still it takes him off the board, and uh, it creates so much chaos in our political system that with a weak Democratic candidate, Joe Biden, you don't get weaker than that. He's going into the election 2024, the weakest Democratic candidate in the past 150 years. Maybe Andrew Johnson was weaker, the guy who took over after Lincoln, <laughs> who was drunk most of the time. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, but Biden is so weak. And so the only thing that Democrats have to save themselves is to just make Trump the center of attention in a negative way, which they're succeeding in doing. Now, I don't, this is an unfair question to you, but I don't know what percentage of the American people 
understand the bigger picture here, that if this succeeds, everybody who runs for office from now on is the subject or could be the subject of some um, corrupt prosecutor trying to take them out on a trumped up charge, pardon the pun. I don't know if people get the big picture there. Yeah, I, I have friends that have historically said, you know, that Republicans should not fight fire with fire. They should take the high road. And they're they're switching their position on that. They're saying we have no choice but to to actually engage in this, you know, reprehensible use of the criminal law. And and I, I see that, Bill, and I see that your voice, my voice, many other voices out there are trying to be you know, thoughtfully anal analyzing facts and, and the law and, and the thoughtfulness is 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 no longer, you know, the the um, reasonable approach to to our criminal justice system anymore. Well, and that that level of analysis is gone. The problem here is that most Americans are confused about the whole thing. They don't know what fake electoral people are. They don't know. And I'm not scorning them for not knowing. It's, it's, this is complicated stuff. A lot of it's complicated. And the uh, conservative media concentrates on ideology here and party stuff, all right, whereby they're not basically clarifying the overall danger so much as saying, well, it's Biden's fault or it's Obama's fault or it's the Democratic machine or whatever the understanding level of the Americans in this entire Trump case, I think is very low, last word. Yeah, I think you're so so right on and I'm really encouraged. You know, I'm hopeful that your voice, my voice, others out there are, are going to instill some wisdom and thoughtfulness. You know, the civil law is, is entirely capable of handling all of the election challenges of handling you know wrongful allegations and and all of the outrageousness that we saw um, that came you know quite candidly from from Trump uh, from Hillary Clinton before and and then all the way back to Bush v Gore we saw that our civil you know legal system all the way to the Supreme Court could handle all of this and would have shut it all down but I think the Democrats realized very quickly, that with such a weak candidate, as you indicated, their only hope is to utilize the criminal law to shut down, you know, yeah, and, the and voices they, have, they don't like. And they have a willing accomplice in Merrick Garland. I mean, a guy who's That's just right. going to basically across the board. He'll go down to history as one of the worst attorney generals ever. There's no doubt in my mind. That's exactly right. All right, Brett, thanks very much. We appreciate it. And uh, we wanted to know, we uh, called a Trump campaign. Um, who the lead attorney is now on all of this. It's got to be somebody who's coordinating it. They don't have one. They don't have one now. Um, just so you know. Let's go to uh, Joe Biden. He gives remarks today about the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay. I don't think he's going to take questions, but who knows? I don't really care at this point. Um, but something did happen yesterday in Milwaukee. That's very, very interesting. All right. And of course, uh, corrupt corporate media ignored it entirely. So um, January 28th, 2022. All right. Uh, there was a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh. OK. In a place called Fern Hollow Creek. And the bridge collapsed at 640 in the morning. 
So yesterday in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, again, President Biden referred to that. Roll the tape. A lot of you were with me when I was in Pittsburgh. By the way, the Pittsburgh is a city of bridges, more bridges in Pittsburgh than any other city in America. I watched that bridge collapse. I got there and saw it collapse with over 200 feet off the ground going over a valley. And it collapsed. Thank God school was out during the during the pandemic. OK, that's not true. I mean, Joe Biden arrived in Pittsburgh at 2 p.m. Um, <laughs> he didn't see the bridge collapse. Is this a big deal? Only because it's a sign of dementia. I went through this with my mother. I'm sure millions of you went through it with your relatives. Um, he doesn't know what he's saying. You know, he said no comment the other day and somebody yelled a question about Maui. He didn't know what he was saying. He didn't know what the question was. Um, so Biden lives here, but here is not functioning. And there's no doubt about it. You don't say you saw a bridge collapse. And then he says, um, a lot of you were with me when I was in Pittsburgh. What? They live in Milwaukee. Why would they be with him in Pittsburgh? You're just sitting there going, this guy, there's a possibility he'll be reelected for four more years. I would rather have Trump and Leavenworth running the country than him in White House. I know that sounds crazy, but it, I, I would rather have that. San Francisco. All right. So this is the progressives killing the cities of America. That's what this is. All right. So there is a department store, if you've ever been there, Gump's. It's a, uh, it sells everything. You know, it's a luxury upscale store. Um, and it's been there for 165 years. It's the most famous store in San Francisco. I've been there. You probably have if you visited that city. So the CEO of Gump's, John Chakis, takes out a full-page ad in the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm going to quote two paragraphs. Gums has been a San Francisco icon for more than 165 years. Today, as we prepare for our 166 holiday season at 250 Post Street, we fear this may be our last because of the profound erosion of the city's current condition. San Franciscans deserve better than the current conditions of our city. Gums implores the governor, the mayor, and the city supervisors take immediate actions, including cleaning the city streets, removing homeless encampments, enforcement of city and state ordinances, and returning San Francisco this rightful place is one of America's shining beacons of urban society, unquote. Well, um, John uh, hit it right on the head. This is Newsom's fault. Forget about the mayor, London Breed, and the city supervisors. They're loons. They, they can't run anything. Okay? What's Newsom doing? Nothing. Whole cities right before his eyes. L.A. So there is a Nordstrom's department store um, in uh, Topanga Mall. I've been there, which is north of the city. And on Saturday, thieves broke in, looted $100,000 worth of merchandise. $100,000 in the Nordstrom store. Okay. They attacked a security guard. Um, bear sprayed them, 50 of them, no arrests. 
Back to me. Back to me. No arrests. None. You're telling me 50 people run into a Nordstrom's. All the people in the store. All people outside the store. Some of them had face coverings, yeah. No arrests. No informers. Nobody calling the cops. This is L.A. But you know whose fault this is? Where San Francisco is the fault of Newsom. This is the fault of the people in Los Angeles who would not recall the D.A. Gasson, who won't prosecute any theft. Nothing. You can steal at will in L.A. He doesn't care. Could have been recalled. The D.A. in uh, San Francisco was. That's why I don't blame the people there. Not him. L.A. got what you deserve. Ten cities that had the most theft, L.A., number one, San Francisco, number two, New York City, almost totally out of control here, Houston, Miami, Chicago, Sacramento, Seattle, Atlanta, Dallas, Fort Worth. Source Capital One, a credit card company, which knows what the retail theft is. Okay, Uh, where do we want to go from? Oh. So I got uh, an email the other day from our pal Bernie Goldberg, okay? And Bernie's kind of living large, uh, semi-retired in North Carolina. So Goldberg's mad about all this looting. And he says it's far more than crime. It reflects our society. And so we batted around. So Bernie's coming on um, a couple of days after Labor Day. I'll, I'll give you the exact date when we get it. But I thought that was really interesting. All right, because I believe that, too. This isn't just about stealing stuff. This is about our whole country and what's happening to it. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call one 800 245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. 
Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com slash Bill. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash B-I-L-L. Um, we're, oh, we want to go to the smart life thing now because that's important. Now, this is this will break your heart. So according to a KFF health tracking poll, Two-thirds of American adults have a family member addicted to drugs or alcohol. Two-thirds, 66 percent. It's based on a survey of 1,327 adults, so it's a pretty good number. All right? There's no politics involved in this at all. So I think that number's right. My grandfather, all right, I don't know if he's an alcoholic. I was too young to know that. But he died of cirrhosis of liver, and I know he's a big boozer. Okay, my cousin, he died of alcoholism as well. And I knew him and he left seven children. And he died in his 40s. So you have it too. I get letters every day. So smart life, what do you do? It is an amazingly complicated situation because there's a lot of different reasons for addiction. There are two things that you have to make a decision on. Number one, if you have any power over the individual, like money, or they're living with you, that kind of stuff, whether you continue that situation or not. I don't. I'm not going to enable an addicted person. They're not getting any money from me. They're not going to live in my home. I would, out of compassion, set them up with a small apartment if they were destitute rather than being out in the street. And I pick up probably the rent for a period of maybe two or three months and say to the person, look, you either go to rehab, you get it together. I'll give you three months in apartment. If you don't, you're out. And the chances are they'll be out. You got to rock bottom it before these people want rehab because they like getting high. They like getting drunk. They like it. That's why they do it. The second thing is compassion. So that has to be there. And when you're talking, if you can actually have a conversation with these people, if they're sober long enough, say, look, I really feel bad for you. And if I can help you help yourself, I'm going to do that. But you have to help yourself. But if I can you know, get specialists and hunt up some research for you or do whatever you need. Medical doctors, insurance, because insurance covers addiction recovery. I'll help you. But the chances are that they're not going to go for the help at least the first 80 times you offer it because addiction gets you. And again, most of these addicts and alcoholics, they want to get high. They don't care who it hurts. They don't care if they destroy themselves. Look, we got about 150,000 Americans going to die from fentanyl this year. About 150,000, maybe more. 
Now, that is that stat I'm giving you is higher than the stat the government puts out because the government doesn't want you to know the extent of this. Anybody who would take fentanyl doesn't care whether they live or die. They don't care. They know. The addicts know. The people sitting at the bar day in and day out, they know they're destroying themselves. But they don't care. They're self-destructive. To get through that, really difficult. But you have to be compassionate. You have to say, look, when you want to do it, you come in. But no cash. Ever. Because it goes right down. And, you know, the people who are begging in the streets and all that, you know, it's all junk. They're not spending it on food. They're not buying drugs with it. I never give them a dime. I'll fund the food pantries. I'll fund the Catholic charities all day long. But I'm not giving some guy on the street who's asking me for money anything because I know where the money's going, right into the dealer's pocket. Anyway, uh, 66% of American adults have this situation. That's unbelievable. Okay, so TV is changing rapidly. You know that. Um, Now, uh, less than half of American TV watchers, and I think there's 120 million television sets uh, in this country right now. Um, Linear TV, that's the networks and all that, falling below 50% for the first time. The most watched vehicle coming up is YouTube. We're on YouTube. So I hope you check us out on YouTube. But TV is done. My urchins never watch it. Never. Unless it's a sporting event. But no shows. This day in history, August 16th, 1948, Babe Ruth dies, throat cancer, age 53. So why am I telling you all this? Well, 75 years ago. So 75,000 people showed up at Yankee Stadium to view Ruth's body, and another 75,000, I guess there were some duplicates, went to St. Patrick's Cathedral for the funeral for a baseball player. All right, he was born February 6, 1865 in Baltimore. His parents gave him up to a, a reform school because Babe, I guess, was a little unruly as a kid. And he was raised by the... Uh, Catholics at the St. Mary's Industrial School. And then he became the best baseball player ever. I mean, it's debatable, but the guy was unbelievable. Now, why did the folks love him so much? Here's my theory on Babe Ruth. He looked like you. Look at this guy. Short legs, rotund tummy. He was pretty fast. I mean, he stole a lot of bases. But he was like every man. He wasn't particularly handsome. And the folks just loved him. So Babe Ruth died 75 years ago. Today still remains the most famous baseball player ever. The candy bar. Right? Baby Ruth. Named after him. Back with mail. And um, a perspicacious final thought that I hope Donald Trump hears. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. 
Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay, let's go to the mail. Michael Long, uh, Lee Summit, Missouri. How did your grand juries get chosen? How does it work? Okay, regular folks get a summons. 23 people in whatever area, whatever county on the grand jury takes 12 to indict. And that's how it goes. Get a little mail, you got to show up, do your duty. Steve Webb, St. George, Utah. In the documents trial with Donald Trump, will he be able to subpoena Bill Clinton, George Bush, and Barack Obama to discuss their classified documents? Yeah, they won't come into the courtroom, but the judge should allow a deposition to the three men. Absolutely. Mike Johnson, Atlanta. I'm worried that Michelle Obama is going to run. I agree with you regarding she would be a shoe-in. If she does, she would absolutely crush Trump. Right now, looks that way. Joyce Smith, Burnett, Texas, she said yesterday Michelle Obama would win the election if she ends up the nominee for the Democrats. What are your facts behind that opinion? Polling? Way ahead of everybody. And her book sales, astronomical book sales, nobody comes close. And the people that buy Michelle Obama's book, a lot of them aren't reading it. They're just buying it because it helps her. Thomas Concierge member, and we urge everybody to check out the Concierge membership, a life insurance policy for you. Whatever problem you have, I will help you directly. Thomas says, Bill, you always say there was no election fraud. Right away, Thomas. You are misreporting what I said. I clearly stated on a number of occasions there was fraud. What there isn't is evidence that it would have turned the election in Trump's favor. Okay. Do I honestly believe Joe Biden received 80 million votes? I don't know. But if he didn't, I was ready to look at all the information that came in and nothing has risen. Every journalist will tell you that. Roberta Stanilan, Jayton, Texas. Bill, do you think White House aides bother to read letters from the folks? No. <laughs> if you write to your senator or congressperson or president, chances are a staffer might read it, but they're never going to read it in a million years. David Concierge, remember, whenever you discuss the rise of gas prices, you rarely mention those of us who read Reside in California paying another buck. I always mention it. What's the matter with you guys tonight? 
You get the highest tax, state tax on gas in a country, probably in a world. Well, maybe that's not true. In a country. That's why you're paying so much. Uh, Ethan, you bash, you can bash Hillary Clinton all you want, but she won the popular vote against Trump. The Electoral College must be abolished. If the Electoral College, Ethan, is abolished in America, our democracy is finished. Because the reason Hillary Clinton won the popular vote is California and New York. They are dramatically liberal states and always will be that. Because so many people live in those two states, a Republican can't win the popular vote. The Republican can win many more states, but not the popular vote. So the question, Ethan, is do you want L.A. and New York running this country? If you do, then you abolish the vote. John O'Reilly, you are the best because you are the best. <laughs> OK, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, very nice of you to say so. OK, let's go to the uh, touts. Killing the witches out uh, September 26th. I didn't check today, but uh, if you want a hand signed copy, you got to get it in because we only have a limited amount of those. And I think they're almost sold out. We want you to pre-order the book on BillOReilly.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all of that. You will love Killing the Witches. New York State of Mind, live show, me and Sid Rosenberg at WABC. There are 150 tickets left. That's it. But some of those seats are really good. However, with only 150 left, go to BillOReilly.com, Ticketmaster, Paramount Theater in Huntington, Long Island. We'll set you up. But if you want to see us. Got to get a move on it. Um, killing Crazy Horse, Killing the Killers, Killing the Legends, $32.95. Plus, you get a Team Normal hat. We got two more weeks on that. So you want those books at a tremendous price. Got to move now. And there is 15% off all Team Normal gear. Late summer sale, 15% off. Um, okay, back with the final thought in a moment. Here is the final thought of the day. Very brief. I don't call President Trump. He calls me occasionally. The next time he calls, I will tell him this. If he asks, I don't intrude. But one, you need the best constitutional lawyer in the country, as I said early in a broadcast. Number two, think about the Mar-a-Lago thing. See if you can work that out. You get that off your plate, the Supreme Court much more likely to come in and rule that this is a political prosecution. And third, don't need any more personal attacks. You can defend yourself, and I hope you do in every rally you have. Defend yourself. But the personal attacks at this point don't do you any good. That's it. Final thought. See you tomorrow for the No Spin News.